so today's episode is going to be a wonderful one. Uh, today we're going to be talking about astrology and human design. And today I am interviewing a really, really wonderful person and astrologist, the Logical Mermaid. I just wanted to invite her on because, guys, she is very knowledgeable when it comes to astrology, human design, and life in general. I mean, she's very knowledgeable. So this is definitely the per. I'm just so excited, and I just wanted to bring on the Logical Mermaid. Um, welcome, welcome. Thank welcome, you, thank welcome. you. Uh, before we even get started, I always do this with all my guests. I just want you to kind of. Um, um, first, before we get into it, explain, uh, not explain, but um, just list your three signs, your sun, rising, and moon. Okay, so my big three, my top three for astrology is I am a Virgo sun, I am a Pisces moon, and I have a Libra rising. Ooh, that's, and you know what? That is such an interesting makeup because it's <laughs> similar to mine, but like not, you know? Yeah, the earth, the air, and the water. Right. Like it's mm -hmm. an interesting balance. It is a very interesting balance, but yes, yes, yes. It's um, definitely a contradiction at times, you know, with the earth, sun and the moon water, I get pulled <laughs> sometimes. Right. Me too. Yeah. I feel like I'm in between like, like there's like a, the water in me, like the water moon in me wants to like be reactive. Like, oh, you bitch. But mm -hmm. then like the earth sign in me is like, hey, it's not even worth it. You know, right, so right. Like, being in between both is kind of fucking hard. <laughs> it is. And you know what? If I remember your chart correctly, it's similar to mine. Also, in the sense that you have a full moon uh, in your chart, right? So your your sun and your moon are opposite each other. So that is, of course, going to be that contradiction. <laughs> right. Literally. Literally. Capricorn, yeah. sun, cancer, the literal sister signs, right? Complete yep. opposite. Yeah. And yeah. And I was born on a full moon. Literally. Mm -hmm. January 1st. That's full moon. the phase. Yes. So it's like my emotions on that full moon just don't talk to me. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I literally have to warn my husband and everyone, like, don't talk to me during a full moon because you're going to see a bitch you haven't seen since. Listen, <laughs> PMS is something different <laughs> with us. Yes, yes. I literally, they, it is so intense. It is so intense. Like, I, I feel like I don't need to talk to anyone for a week mm -hmm. <laughs> just for my safety and their safety <laughs> i understand completely. um this is so awesome um i'm so glad you're here um i have a good question for you uh how did you because guys by the way um the logical mermaid is very seasoned and really into um, astrology so guys please don't ask me questions about astrology <laughs> if you have any questions she's the one to go to because she is actually really deep into it so speaking of that um how did you first get into astrology or how did you find out about it i just um, I, I wanted to kind of get your your opinion on that yeah so um i think with most people like i started out with as most people starting out with sun sign astrology so i just always growing up knew that i was a virgo um you know your parents say it and you know people around you just say oh the, you know you're a virgo you're this uh, we have the memorabilia, right? So we're sort of kind of familiar with the month that we were born. Um, it was in high school that I found out that um, I was a Pisces moon, and that <laughs> spoke to a lot of my sensitivities. And um, so that was the first time that I actually uh, saw the chart in a different way other than just like um, personality traits, right? So that was the first time that I knew that it was a, a whole natal chart and 
a whole descriptive process of how these things, how it went down. Um, but it wasn't until um, 2012-ish that I actually um, dove in, you know, and two years after that, I quit my um, job. And um, a year after that, we had a big move from, you know, the East Coast to the West Coast here in California. So astrology has definitely helped my life transform in a way that I'm able to see myself more clearly and I'm able to accept things about myself that I was like dealing with as a child and things like that. So, um, you know, it definitely helped me along the way as a growing adult. (laughs) Yeah. And that's so interesting. You were able to like find out about it as early as high school. Like I literally just found out about moon signs and stuff like over the last two years Mm -hmm. so I'm like I and thanks to Instagram like I just and you if it wasn't for you in Instagram I would not actually was you actually it was you hold on rewind (laughs) yes it was you We did have a brief mini yeah brief mini session yeah it was you actually so yeah you were the one who schooled me on the signs and yeah, guys, she actually did a um, a reading on me, a birth chart reading. That's what it was. Yeah. So it was actually you. It was you. And then right after I did that, what are the odds? Like I, all astrology posts started appearing out of nowhere. Like, of course. Then, yeah. But it was like, it was unheard of. I mean, not unheard of, but it, like, it just, is it just me or does it feel like the rise of random astrology posts have like really surged over I the mean, last year? the business of astrology has definitely become more known. Um, I did it, I, I thought before that it was a hobby. So even myself being, um, you know, having a source of income coming from astrology, we didn't understand that back, you know, 20 years ago. Um, a lot of the Hi. Eastern astrologers, a lot of like the Vedic astrologers uh, in India and things like that were making careers out of it. But that was a lot of their just lifestyle. So it wasn't just a career, it was a lifestyle choice. For us over here in the, in the US or in the Western side, a lot of that has to do with uh, social media, you know, things like YouTube and Instagram and just people putting themselves out there and feeling comfortable because I think before yeah. it had a lot to do with our beliefs. So, you know, just maybe people are more, uh, uh, I don't know if you saw the post or, or heard about Tom Brady giving credit to his wife recently um, saying that <clears throat> Uh, for most of all of his games, she creates an altar and she uh, gives crystals to him and does prayers for him and mantras. And it just came out and it's like, okay, well, a lot of people were not, um, quote unquote, being spiritual before. So I think a lot lot to do with that astrology movement is the spiritual movement also being Mm, mainstream. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I actually never, I didn't hear about that Tom Brady stuff, but that makes sense because um, one of my friends recently sent me this uh, article about um, wh- Reagan, uh, what's his name? The President Reagan's wife, Nancy. Mm-hmm. She was quoted, she just, I literally, she just sent me this a week ago. Um, she was quoted um, like having astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's like, she she like praised astrology and a psychic or whatever for helping her keep her husband safe. Mm-hmm. And and it just came out or, or well, literally I just found out that info. So I think that's also cool that um, Tom Brady was even being forthcoming about that. That mm-hmm. is so freaking cool. And it does, it does kind of make sense of where we as a collective are heading, mm-hmm. you know, with this, like, you know, everyone's kind of moving or quote upgrading or ascending to a whole new era where spirituality is more commonplace and astrology is more accepted and not looked at as just like woo woo stuff. You know, I mean, of course, I'm sure there's still people who are like, it's still woo woo. Oh, definitely. But, 
you know, but it does feel like the momentum and the energy surrounding it as a collective, it does feel like in the next couple years or 10 years, this is going to be very commonplace. I yeah, just, I, I think just feel it. The skeptics are giving us a chance, you know, and that, that's all that we can ask for is like, you know, those who were skeptics before, if you didn't really believe or you didn't want how to believe, um, for, from what I've understood and I've always known about astrology is that it's not a religion. So it's to, you know, uh, quote unquote practice, but it is something, right. you know, that you can use in your everyday life. However you use the information, it's up to you. So no one's telling you in a specific way how to use that, uh, you know, information that you're given. Right. And technically it's a science, mm-hmm. you know? Like it, it's technically, you know, it's just it's just it's interesting because it it fits in the realm of like, um, you know, how we have like astrophysics and astronomy. You know, it's technically a branch from it. You know, it's, yes. It in in, in the olden days, this would have been considered the schooling that you would get. Like you would get this schooling at the, at the same time you would get how to uh, grow seeds in the earth. The, the things that we don't teach anymore. Um, these were like basics back then. Mm, gosh, this is so freaking cool. You know, Makes the witchcraft sense. and like, you know, all the aromatherapies and just using right. herbs and things like that. All that stuff was taught and it's just kind of not <laughs> taught anymore. And it's kind of told that it's been taboo. So we're working away, we'll, yes. you know, walk, walking away from that. Um, hopefully, you know, more sooner than later. And I'm liking the change personally. So. Yeah, yeah, I can, I just, I feel it. I really feel like we're all like coming back to like a a more natural way of being and living and dealing with things. And it kind of makes sense why over the last couple of years, like the rise of like um, off grid living, small home living, you know, minimalist Mm -hmm. living and stuff like that has been on the rise. I really feel like everyone's like, quote, returning to their roots Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And even more so now that Uranus is you know, made its transition into into Taurus, this is going to really shake things up because, you know, Taurus is an earth sign um, and Uranus is all about the instability, right? It's all about the shock factor and um, being erratic, but erratic for a reason. So um, we don't know what's going to happen with our money. You know, that's, that's Taurus. We don't know what's going to happen in our food industries. Uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with certain things that have seemed fundamental to us that are going to change because Uranus is going to bring change during this time. But it's going to be interesting, you know, next, you know, 10 years or so <laughs> uh, that this, you know, change is going to happen. So, and, wow, know, I had no idea. And right now, actually, you know, because we have Mercury retrograde or <clears throat> because we have Mercury in Scorpio, I should say, um, it's opposing that Uranus in Taurus. So we, right now, even this week, we had the Mercury retrograde that stationed uh, yesterday, last night, I believe, um, on the 13th. And today, you know, throughout the week, throughout the rest of the month, we're going to be feeling that energy of just, you know, what is this Uranus and Taurus, but also how does Mercury fit into that? And what are some of those things that are going to come out of this, um, this transit? So it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and speaking of this transit, um, I know, like, most people, like, I mean, maybe it's just me, but, like, every time Mercury goes retrograde, I see, like, a ton of people posting, like, oh, God, oh, shit, you know, (laughs) but I don't really, you know, I know that's just, like, for humor, but I wanted to ask you, um, how does this, I know we also have the, what is it called, the um, Aries Mars retrograde going on, Mm -hmm. how does this, like, this feels like a clusterfuck. Oh, well, listen, we actually have most 
well, a lot of the planet direct right now <laughs> in October. And part of the year, there was six or seven at one time that were all retrograde. I don't know if you felt it, but you know, August, September, uh, even oh, well, May, sense. June, yeah. it was, it, I mean, it's been a whole year. I mean, that's sort of kind of why we can give 2020 that, you know, <laughs> that, that doomsday <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, energy is because a lot of the planets are retrograde. Um, our outer planets are retrograde, Jupiter, uh, Saturn, and uh, Pluto, and then they just went direct. Um, actually, I think Pluto just went direct on August, I mean, October 3rd or 4th. So that's new energy uh, that has just, you know, gone direct. But So let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just for me personally. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else is out there, but this is for me. Um, what does direct mean? And I know that may sound simpleton, but I, I'm really not that simple. No, it's, strong. it's fine. So what does that mean? So, uh, for example, um, when Mercury is retrograde right now, it's it's going past degrees. So if you know the astrology wheel, it is time. So it is 360 uh, degrees around, and each degree is uh, 30 degrees for a zodiac. So 30 degrees for Aries, 30 degrees for Taurus, 30 degrees for Virgo, uh, you know, around the, the natal chart. And right. so when it's going retrograde, it's basically going back in our view, our view of it from Earth's point of view. So in this Mercury oh. retrograde, it's gonna it's gonna start at I believe it's um, I want to say 11 degrees or so. Don't quote me on that, uh, but about that in uh, in Scorpio, and then it's gonna retrograde all the way back to about 25 degrees of Libra. So basically, what it's gonna do is it's back in degree. And then it's going to go back forward motion in a degree. It's, it's not literally going backwards, but it's our Earth view from it. So basically how close it is to Earth, how far it is from Earth, and distinction of like longitude and latitude and all of those things. Right. So um, basically it's, it's tracking the degrees when we're talking about the retrograde. It's going back oh. over a period of time where it just was. Oh, okay, okay. So, so meaning direct just pretty much means that it's like completed or, or whatever. Yeah, so it could be completion um, because sometimes, um, so this is going to be our last Mercury retrograde of the year. So, um, oh, there okay, was no Mercury retrograde in different uh, stages so uh, of the year. So, you know, back in uh, February or May and things like that. So, um, so when I said Pluto went direct, uh, it meant that Pluto in March through June was going one direction backwards and it was going over about 23, 24 degrees of uh, Scorpio, I want to say. Wait, are we in Scorpio? Uh, let's just give that as an example, so. right? And then, um, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so when it goes back, it's going to go forward in that motion and it's going to go, you know, 21, 22, 23, 24, back over to to going direct. But, uh, you know, those outer planets move a lot slower. So we primarily look for those for uh, transit that have a lot to do with our own natal chart and that's not necessarily um, on the world view. Like, you know, where we would look at uh, the whole mundane chart for like the U.S. or something like that. Right. So it's like each transit individually impacts someone based on their own birth Exactly. Chart, right. Is that pretty much what you're mm-hmm. Okay. That so if you sense. do so have like, planets. 
uh, natally in Scorpio, um, I would look to that for this uh, Mercury retrograde, whatever house it's in, whatever place it's in, whatever area of life that it's going to be triggering. Um, it's going to be helpful to know that if you look where Scorpio is in your natal chart. Now, what if you don't have Scorpio or just don't have a lot of it? Does that mean like that? Is that person not really affected? Or I mean, technically everyone can be mm-hmm. affected. Yes, but, but it does mean does that. It-, it does mean that you will not be as affected unless you have, um, you know, some some other aspects, uh, some other things going on in your chart that's going to say that you would be um, heavily influenced by Mercury that year. So you could be a Virgo sun like me and you could uh, have uh, Mercury as your sun ruler. So a lot of Mercury transits, um, they affect me, but not as much just because I flow with that energy a lot. Like I understand mistakes. I understand hiccups. A lot of other people with me um, just shock them so much or, you know, give, you know, fender benders and things like that. The normal things that they would say that kind of messed up during Mercury retrograde, it may affect other people in different ways, even if they don't have any planets um, in that specific uh house but everyone has Scorpio in their chart somewhere um, right yeah it's it's somewhere definitely it's, <laughs> it's in one of the somewhere. houses now let me ask you um about okay I really have a question about this Aries um retrograde I know it's going to be over sometime in November but it's been really difficult for me specifically um I don't know why but I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on the Aries retrograde the the Mars whatever the so, Aries Mars whatever it's so called. for you um and all of the Libra risings like myself we have been experiencing this Aries in our seventh house so our one-on-one relationships, our um, if you have any like legal uh, things going on, um, uh, anything that it's like um, a therapist or a client, things like that, um, are going to be in the seventh house. So even your romantic partners, your you know spouse or your best mm-hmm. friends could be in this also. So with that though, we have, like I mentioned, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto. Um, in um, sorry, it was in Capricorn because if I'm looking at the chart, right? <laughs> it's in Capricorn. So it's in the fourth house. It's transiting the fourth house. And um, that whole cluster is squaring the seventh house. And that's where we're feeling a lot of that energy. So you're not only having uh, Mars go through that seventh house for you um, in Aries, but you're also having that grouping down in your foundation, which is your fourth house. So... Um, a lot of relationships, whether it's your family relationships, whether it's your work relationships, it's going to be that because it's the fourth house, which is our home and family, our foundations, and then it's also our seventh house, which is our one-on-one <laughs> interactions. So um, that's mm, why you make it a little more different than, say, an Aries rising, who would still have that influence, but in a different way. That makes sense. That makes total. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. Sorry, people. I, I couldn't help myself. Whoever's listening. Like I, I well, I'm sure there are some other Libra like, risings out there that we've helped. Yeah. There has to be. Yeah. A lot of Libra risings. If you're listening, Libra risings, that information was also for you, for you guys. Cause, um, it's tough out here. Yeah. For we've been feeling it's it. tough out here for a Libra rising. Um, Okay. Thank you so much for all this info. I want to kind of move on to human design. So human design, I have been hearing about this off and on over the last few years. Me personally, I just, my brain is always so like 
oh, this is cool, mm-hmm. this is new, and like I want to learn everything, but it's just like I can't devote all my energy to everything. So can you explain a little bit and guys i've been seeing the rise of it like a lot of people even personally that i know are even mentioning it people who i never would have thought would even be into this stuff are now bringing it up so let me get your um, opinion on what is generally what is human design i guess that's a very broad yeah, no, question, but it could be generalized it's, it's, it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot because um, it's made out of a bunch of other ancient systems. So it's not just astrology. It's not just one thing. It's um, many things combined. So one of the reasons that um, HD, uh, I call it HD, but one of the things that HD is, uh, is kind of more main, becoming more mainstream is because it's more quote unquote scientific than astrology or than other esoteric um, beliefs. And because it has a um, kind of scientific approach to it, a more modern scientific approach, a lot of people are trying to understand this new age science science to it. So um, the human design um, system was created by Ra Uruhu. That's his given name. He had a another name before that, but he gave himself the name Ra Uruhu. And um, he basically did a self-retreat, you know, one of the meditations for 14, 30 days <laughs> and came across this information. Wow. So it is from someone, you know, like many of our other beliefs that we have that we won't talk about, but from something that was downloaded and point blank simple. It is something that has only been here since 1987, right? So it is something that we have been dealing with for many years um but it uses things that we've used for many years so the four things that it uses is the i ching so if you're familiar with the i ching that is the yin and the yang that is the hexagrams that is the black and white symbols um oh yeah so, uh, and that started with like flipping a coin and asking questions right it is also from the kabbalah tree of life um it uses the uh indian uh i think it's boxy a chakra system, but it's the chakra system that uses nine centers instead of seven. So instead of our traditional seven colors in the middle, it uses nine and it has two on the sides. Um, and then the final one is astrology. And it doesn't use any specific form of astrology, but it uses the planets and the nodes from the uh, from astrology. Ooh. Okay, that is, okay. This is cool. Now, um, this is, wow, that was a really good explanation. Holy crap, that was really good. Um, question, another another side question. Um, I know that for those, you know, there's some people who listen in and some of them are familiar with the terminology of human design, but um, I'm only aware of what what's called a generator and I think mm-hmm. projector. projector. Um, what are the others? Is there any, like, what are the main identifiers? Yep. Yeah, so types? the four main types are projectors, manifestors, generators, and reflectors. Um, there is a type called a testing generator, um, but that is I'm considered the subtype. So some people use it as a main type, some people don't, um, but it's a combination of them. Reflect is uh, one of the least um, populated people. So reflectors are kind of like the, the least of us, uh, the less numbers of us <laughs> having been uh, typed as reflectors um, and then projectors coming up uh, and manifestors coming up as most um, 
most, uh, I guess, most current um, in the types. So um, the way that you read a chart is basically off of energy. So the chart in um, human design is called a body graph. So it actually has a name and it's called Ooh. a body graph. Um, and basically what it is, is a, a set of the chakra systems, like I mentioned, and there are centers along mm-hmm. the middle and then two on the sides. Um, and so each of the uh, chakra points, each of the centers has a name. Um, and, you know, those names have meanings and all of those um different centers can correlate and can also help you tell what someone's type is based off of whether they have colored in lines or not colored in lines or um, colored in centers or not colored in centers. And if you don't know um, what I'm speaking about, you can, um, you know, look up the chart online for yourself and and see what I'm speaking about where you have (laughs) the chart in front of you because it may be a little bit difficult if you don't see it in front of you. But um, it's a really cool system. <laughs> it's really confusing no, when you're looking at ask, it, but it's a cool system. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Because it's like the Norfers that they're listening in their garden, like, wait, what line? <laughs> but they'll get it. Just Google it, guys. Google it, bitches. Y'all know what yeah. Google is. Um, but um, side question. I mean, I have a, another little side question off of that. So um, let's say, so pretty much with those different um, types. So are these different types, are these considered like, like a personality type well, kind of thing where it's like these groups of people are based on you know their astrology mm-hmm. and this and that like this is how they're most likely going to act is that like what it tells you about or just like helps you make better choices everything that you just said the body graph can help you with it's not just in those areas so um in the decision making portion of that um there's a certain center uh, there's a certain place on the body graph that can help you locate what kind of decisions you should be making. Um, do you, I sent you a chart um, before? Do you have that so that you can kind of see what I'm? Oh, oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, hold on. Yeah, okay. I'm pulling it up now. Okay, yeah. It says I'm a generator. Yeah. So and it says sacral right. authority. So all of the information that is kind of gen- uh, well generated, <laughs> but all of the information that is generated on that <laughs> side is used is used. Um, taken from the body graph itself. So basically that's giving you a summary of what the information is pulled out of from your chart. But um, I'll just tell you this, that the 32 channels, those uh, lines that are going around, those are from the 30, the, yeah. from the tree of life, from the branches of the tree of life, from the Kabbalah. Okay. Oh, and then now. the gates, which are the, the smaller ones, the numbers are from the I Ching. So every single body graph is going to start up at the top, having in the head center, 64, 61, 63. Every single body graph is going to start like that. And every single one is going to look like that. What's going to look different for each and every one of us is whether you're going to have colored in lines, colored in centers. So for you, you have, um, let's see, you have the open head center. So the top one for you is open, but it's closed for me. Um, you have the throat center, which is the third one down, closed for you, but it's open for me. So every one of us is going to be different. And then that's how you read the chart based off of the, ah. that information. Um, and so uh, there are uh, lighter color lines and darker color lines. For some people, it's red and black. For some, it's orange and blue. I, like I said, I um, have read for many different systems and many interpretations of human design. So different 
systems use it in different ways based off of if you know they've actually gone through human design or not. Um, the left side of that um, red section is our unconscious design, and that actually is taken. It's information genetically taken. Uh, three months prior. So if you look at your chart, it's going to say that you have a design date, three months, and then a body date, which is when you were born, which is really freaky, but it's taking energy three months, like while you're in the womb, it's calculating information, and also doing it when you're born, um, which is the black, red side is the, the born, born information. Oh my gosh, so I see it. Yeah, it's taking wow. the uh, 64, like I said, 64 codons of the DNA, which are neutrinos, is using that DNA codons and using that into our energetics. So um, the the way that we say like personalities and things like that though in human design is by the profiles. So for you, you are a one three profile, which is what you would I guess say of a, a, a personality, right? So that's um, how you would kind of identify yourself. You would identify yourself as a generator. But more importantly, you would say um, you are a one-three profile. And for you, what that means is you are introspective. You have a security-oriented mindset. Like you need to be grounded and security-oriented. And then you also have a tendency yeah, toward right. exploration. Like you will dig your hands in the mud to figure out what's underneath. There are certain people who won't do that, but you will do yeah. that. Um, oh, yeah. For me, me, for example, <laughs> I am a four-six. So um, for sixes, that line actually breaks down into a three, the first 30 years of your life, or basically before your Saturn birth. So for me, I'm considered a four three, which it's not really a thing, but it's a it's a thing in the sense of that it's a four six. So I have some of those three personality, uh, um, the trial and error, the make mistakes and learn as you go, those types of things also. But for me, the four, it basically means that I thrive off of networking and I thrive off of having close bonded relationships to where we can both learn from each other and um, to where we, we can observe things and um, yeah, learn that way. So um, the sixth then goes into the teacher. So like I said, you got to have the trial and error before you can be the teacher. Um, but for me, that four, six means that after 30 years, people will see me as a teacher. Before that, they will see me as a know-it-all and someone who just, as a projector, like <laughs> the type that I am, is also considered a know-it-all, you know, speaking matter-of-factly, ex you know, externalizing all of my feelings on the inside and putting them out. <laughs> Um, but it's very much relation oriented. So, I mean, I have to learn through others um, about myself, basically. So, whoa, this is like some mind. It, and, it, and when you read like, it, it's really, it's really incredible because, um, you know, for me, um, <laughs> it's practice makes perfect, right? And so, for me, like learning something and then making practical applications for it is very very like useful for me so you know i'm the logical mermaid i have to make things logical even if it's woo woo i have to try to find some way to like break it down so um you know a lot of right. a lot of um 
BHD is about statistics because they actually have a network of people and groups of people in a school and things like that to where they can track it. So we know certain things about it and we can categorize certain things where we wouldn't necessarily know uh, about astrology. We wouldn't know, you know what percent are Virgos or what percent are this. We know that about certain things about uh, human design. We know that there is a uh, 50% or so defined solar plexus. There, we know that there is a 53% that have that um, that white center uh, colored in, I'm sorry, that white center at the top. So it's just certain things that we know just based off of it being a science <laughs> and also people tracking it since since the time that it came out in the 80s. Um, and, you know, I don't use human design every day, but I do use um, human design in, in a daily practical I guess application because if you if you study human design right. you'll hear the word called the word the term deconditioning and that's basically saying and the people around us will mm-hmm. encourage us to act like them <laughs> so if we are around dysfunction we will be dysfunction dysfunctional and that is for example like a manifester trying to be a generator or a projector trying to be a manifester it's um it's not gonna work <laughs> you there's a certain um way of life that you should be living for each type and that will help you to you know to become more of yourself and become more authentic and to also use your energy in the right way Mm, that makes so much freaking sense like yo what a (laughs) game changer like where have I been like this is so interesting and okay speaking of um like everything you said is so oh my gosh so amazing um how okay I know that you do readings or like birth chart astrology readings but I also know that you kind of incorporate a little bit of human design how does that how do your readings work I think that is so cool and a lot of people yeah um so basically for me um a lot of my work comes in word of mouth because I don't advertise online uh, one of the things about a projector um, is that we should be working very little throughout the day or at all in general. So about four to six hours is what we really should be working because that's all the en- energy that we have. For you as a generator, you actually have yeah. more energy, but you thrive you thrive off oh, of yeah. the energy around you. So if you're being fed that negative energy, you yeah. won't uh, produce as much because you're being fed negative energy, right? Um, but for me, when the right. clients come to me, they're coming to me for, for specific things. So if they're having trouble with certain things, then um, uh, I guess I'll, I'll use that and help them. So one of the things that I use um, human design for is a system called the primary health system. So it is the most complicated, if I will say myself, to learn and I've actually mastered that before I learned the gates and the, the uh, channels and things um, because it was more of what my mind could handle. Um, I do understand it, but mm-hmm. as I said, human design is more structured. So there's a certain language and there's a certain way to speak about human design that if you use your own interpretation, it's kind of frowned upon. Um, there's a certain way, just similar to the I Ching, where you read it, you understand the metaphor, and then you use that in a practical way, right? For me, I like the more interpretive yeah. things. So I like to use it in a more, um, in, a, in a way that can help like holistically. 
So for me, I use it for diet. I use it for, you know, how I raise my son, you know, with education. Uh, like I said before, with decision making, it's used a lot for me, but that's um, because I know my birth time again. So that's one of the things that um, is different, a lot different than astrology is you can read certain things through astrology based off of the, t- the day you were born, right? Certain things you, you have to know the time, otherwise you can't read the birth chart. For human design, it's even mm, yeah. more uh, tricky because it can change minute by minute what gates and what uh, channels are open for you. Um, so you really have to know your exact birth time. And that, so that's one thing that I'll say is if I do a client reading, I will first ask if they have the exact birth time. And that's one of the ways that I'll work in my reading with astrology, the natal chart, and also the human design chart. Um, but for, for me, I don't offer up that information because I'm not supposed to. <laughs> As a projector, I've learned that I get burned uh, very easily if you just offer up the information versus being invited. That's one of the strategies is to, to be invited. Um, and so uh, I basically have it on my site that I give that service. And if you ask for it, I will then provide it, you know, provide that service to you. Um, I, I like do it. have a little story, yes. metaphor, something that I like to give um, anyone that I'm kind of telling human design about um, because it kind of gives the whole perspective of like how you can use it together. And it's not just for yourself, but it's about relating to other people, using your instincts and your motivations and making sure your environment is good and things like that. So if, if you don't mind, can I share that story with you? Okay. Oh, so yeah, yeah, please do. A little, yeah. Uh, a little better than what I've tried to do, but it's a lot of information to go over in a whole chart. Um, so basically, the story is that you have uh, four or five friends, right? The four or five types. And um, the manifester is the person that gets the idea um, that we should go on a trip. So whether it's a ski trip, whether it's a museum trip, whatever it is, the manifester gets the idea. And the manifester then calls the projector and says, hey, such and such, um, I have an idea that we should go and do this. So the projector decides that while he or she is on the phone manifester, he or she is going to look up prices and look up the dates and the times and the things like that. Because that's what a projector does. A projector gathers information and shares it. Um, so after the projector does that the projector then says well my friend the generator has a truck he could use the truck to drive us so the generator has enough energy right to sustain the trip and to actually go and is safe if it is an amusement park they get there they go on rides the generator is normally the one that is googling the most the generator is the one that's probably the one cracking jokes um, if, if everyone is kind of yeah. lacking, the generator's like, come on guys, hey, let's go, you know, kind of getting them amped up, right? Not because they feel they have to, because they generally have that energy to be able to do that. And finally, the reflector is the friend that when you get in the car at the end of the trip, the generator asks the reflector, how was it? So the reflector says, everything was amazing. We should do this every year. I had so much fun. And the reflector goes on and on and on. So from that story, you can understand that the manifester is um, the one that kind of spark of ideas. 
and doesn't have to ask anyone. In fact, they do the asking because a part of their uh, strategy is to inform. And the projector is the one that's gathering the information. The projector, a lot of the times, is considered to be a guide in some way um, to be able to say what to do, what not to do, um, and be able to be that mentor in that aspect. Uh, the generator is known as the worker bee, right? But like I said, not work to the ground, but work to your own benefit, work to your liking, um, and yeah. do things that are good for you. That's what the generator is, right? And then um, I think I think I got all of them. But then there would be the manifest. Okay, the reflector. The yes, reflector. reflector at the end is um, the reflector is actually no colored in centers it is the most um quote unquote sensitive to energy and so if the reflector feels good about that trip then you know that it was a good trip there's no boasting there's no nothing there's if that reflector <laughs> yeah. is not in a ball crying at the end then you know something uh you know positive happened and that especially if you've asked the reflector um what their experience was or you've included them in some way that doesn't make them feel invisible because um, sometimes they could just be mirrors and they could just have people bounce off of them and they don't, some people don't even ask them what they, what they care uh, about. So yeah. in that aspect, you'll have um, that rapport and then, you know, it's a happy, it's a happy birth right there, you know? So <laughs> that's just like right. the story that I like to give. Um, I give it in you know, different iterations and things like that, but just to kind of give um, an understanding that every type has a strategy um, every a strategy is uh, what I mentioned to be invited for projectors to inform for manifestors to respond for generators so all of everyone has every one of us has a type and every one of us has a strategy to live that type and then every one of those types have uh, kind of negative sides to those types as well so for you as a generator it'll be frustration anytime that you're feeling frustrated you know that you're not in your right strategy right doing what you should be doing Right. Yeah. Yeah. For for projectors, bitter. So anytime that we're bitter, anytime we feel like, well, we know what bitter is. But anytime that we, it's kind of like, well, why haven't I been given this opportunity, or why does she get this, or why does this, blah blah blah. Those things that we know that okay, well, we'll get invited when we're asked to. Like you invited me to this podcast. It's been six months since I did a, a last podcast, but I know that my work will still be. Like I will get new clients now because of this podcast. So it's about waiting for us as projectors. It's about you know taking initiatives for those projector uh, for those uh, manifestors, and um, that's why they say the deconditioning process should be about seven years because sometimes we get so stuck in doing things one way that we don't always understand that we're stuck in the wrong way. Like we're stuck being our mom or we're stuck being our sister because that works for them. Or, you know, for me, right. it would have me being stuck doing government for, I mean, I did it for 10 years being a government contractor. And I would have still been stuck doing that because it was good money. I was, you know, flying to Africa and flying this place and, you know, having these things. But it's like, I'm a mom and I'm an educator and I'm a guide and I'm a spiritual person and this is my life <laughs> and I may not be making as much money uh, but I will <laughs> so it's all about waiting for me so exactly um, so yeah, I hope that I didn't give you too much but I gave you enough that no this was like no this is great like this is extremely informative which is how yeah, I love yeah. life I love to be informed so you are the freaking best person to fucking interview for for this so i'm really excited and 
guys i mean before we leave i just wanted to um ask you where we all could find you and i will also list this guys in case you guys don't um be able to remember it i am going to list it anyway but i just wanted to ask you where we can find you your links websites Instagram, yeah so my website is yeah. logicalmermaid.com and um the only socials that i'm on is uh youtube and instagram so youtube it is logical mermaid and on instagram it is logical mermaid um it's logical underscore mermaid on instagram and then if you're specifically looking for human design as it relates to children and parenting i have another uh instagram for us parents um and that is hd human design hd for the number four parents so hd for parents is the other instagram handle and you can look on there for you know different things that i have information wise but if you're looking to book something go to uh, logicalmermaid.com and i can help you out perfect 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 thank you so much for um taking the time out to you know to be interviewed i really appreciate it and thank you thank thank you you, thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart was a lot of fun and i learned a lot i always say it's always a good day when i learn something learn something i always say it learn something every day and And without you even knowing about astrology i just want to uh not astrology but without you even knowing about human design i want to thank you for inviting me because I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be doing my own thing if it wasn't for people inviting me and making me feel seen and heard and acknowledging my skills and gifts. Thank you for that. Anytime, anytime. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and thanks everyone for listening until the next episode.